welcome to another episode of Deep Gospel. I'm uh, Haley Eccles. It is a joy and privilege to get to serve as the Associate Director at Campus to City Wesley and to get to be a part of these conversations um, on scripture. I always feel like I learn so much from the different perspectives. Um, and today we have um, a great group of men with us today. So, um, Ryan, why don't you unmute first and introduce yourself? Hey, everyone. I'm Ryan. I'm a, I'm a student pastor at Beach Church in Jacksonville Beach, and uh, I've been working there with students for eight years and um, have been in the church, in, in that specific church, since I was 15. Uh, so it's been almost 20 years now, 19 years. So uh, yeah, that's me. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, and then our um, students joining us are Neil. Neil, you want to unmute and say hello? Uh, yeah, hi there. My name is Neil. I am a senior at UNF, and I am also the um, Ministry Assistant of Worship for CCW. So that's my new fun role that I have for the semester, and it's going to be fun. And then Renard is one of our fellows. Renard, if you want to say hello. Hello, my name is Renard. I have been with CCW, I would say, three years. Um, I just graduated with my associate's degree from FSCJ and still trying to figure out what to do in my life. So, <laughs> as, are, as most college students. Uh, all of us. Everybody, everybody's <laughs> trying to figure out what to do with their life. It never yes, stops. Exactly. Um, well, I'm really excited about our scripture today. It is uh, chock full of stuff. So I'm going to ask Neil to read it for us and um, we'll check that out. Yeah. All right. So scripture is Mark 1, 29 through 39, uh, and I'll be reading the message translation. Directly on leaving the meeting place, they came to Simon and Andrew's house, accompanied by James and John. Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed, burning up with fever. They told Jesus. He went to her, took her hand, and raised her up. No sooner had the fever left than she was up fixing dinner for them. That evening, after the sun was down, they brought sick and evil-afflicted people to him. The whole city lined up at his door. He cured their sick bodies and tormented spirits because the demons knew his true identity. He didn't let them say a word. While it was still night, way before dawn, he got up and went out to a secluded spot and prayed. Simon and those with him went looking for him. They found him and said, everybody's looking for you. Jesus said, let's go to the rest of the villages so I can preach there also. This is why I've come. He went to their meeting places all through Galilee, preaching and throwing out the demons. Thanks, Neil. Um, so we always kind of start off with what we liked in the text and what kind of jumped out at us. So Renard, why don't you start us off? Yeah, we'll say I liked, um, so I, before, um, when I was thinking about what I, I read it from the, um, the NRSV, New Revised Standard Version, and I think it's somewhere in there it talked about how they couldn't find Jesus. Um, and, um, um, for those of you who don't know, um, we had our Evolve, at the time of this recording, we had our Evolve recording, yes, our, our Evolve gathering yesterday, 
And what we're talking about is rituals and routines. And I, what I like is that um, through Jesus, um, um, just his, um, can I put this? His ability to just heal, you know, to heal through all this healing. Um, he's taking the time to take care of himself. Um, and I'm starting to think the reason he, they couldn't find him. Well, it says in the scripture that he, um, I think he went somewhere to take a break or relax. And just the, um, the, um, the astonishing, I think we always look at the part of how the, he, um, how he heals and takes the demons out of the, um, the people who are being possessed. And I think something that really stands out to me is Jesus, you know, Jesus was a real um, person who needs to, who, um, who is human and um, shows us that we still have to take care of our, um, take care of ourselves and our bodies. And yeah, that's something that's, um, that's something that stands out to me. <laughs> I really love that, Renard, because I um, I did notice that too. And Jesus has this um, rhythm of rest and ministry um, that we see as we continue to go through the book. Um, and it also kind of reminds me when I was doing um, CPE, clinical pastoral education in a hospital, it took me a while to feel, to realize not everything was an emergency because it all felt really dire. People are in the hospital. Um, but if I treated every single room on my floor like an emergency and never stopped and took a break and never um, paused, then I wasn't giving the kind of care I needed to give. And I feel like um, we see how many people really are trying to get to Jesus in this passage. So um, Brian, what about you? What did you like? Uh, well, before, before I go to that, I was just going to comment on what Renard said. I think that, uh, um, I think one of my favorite things I've heard, uh, before is that, uh, Jesus was always busy, but he was never in a rush. Um, or he always had a lot to do, but he was never in a rush uh, or never seemed busy. And, um, and I think we see that here because he's got all these people coming after him, uh, late into the night. And then the next morning, they're already looking for him again. But he he's still, like you said, he gets away knowing that, um, or at least modeling for us that it's not sustainable to continue just giving, giving, going, going, going. And, and I know the American dream um, is, uh, is full of busyness and do, 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 and uh, and it doesn't matter whether you're in the business world or in church, people act the same way, basically. And, um, and so we have to be able to, to look at his example and say, okay, I can have a lot of things to do, but I can still make sure that I rest, that I get with God, um, and that I'm not rushed and short with people and busy all the time um, in the way in which I kind of approach the world and my demeanor with other people. Um, but as far as what, uh, stuck out to me, um, and I never saw this until, uh, I never really saw it myself. Someone else told me actually, but, um, never noticed it until 
I don't know, probably within the last year or two, but uh, they're going to see Peter's mother-in-law, which infers that he is married. Um, and I think we always just imagine, especially because most of them were young, um, younger than Peter, but we, we imagine that the disciples were all a bunch of, uh, you know, single frat bros in college or something that were just had no connections and no like like um responsibility it's like oh yeah sure i'll just follow jesus whatever but like like he was married and so it actually makes um his commitment to following jesus and the way that he traveled with him and just um everything he did in the early church a lot more impactful to think about like okay he was married um he didn't really get married back then and not have kids so he most likely had a full family and like and and he was still figuring out how to follow Jesus and all that kind of stuff and um it makes everything that happens in Peter's story a lot more impactful for me thanks Ryan yeah I didn't really think about um Peter's wife until watching some of the chosen and them kind of depicting that relationship too, um, which I found really interesting. Um, so I don't know how many of you are watch SNL, but there used to be this like sketch during weekend update of um, Stefan and he would be like, he'd be talking about places to go, but he'd always be like, this has everything. And so this is how I feel about this passage. Like this has everything. You have healings, you have demons, you have the whole town and Jesus's fame. You have the hint at this, um, what, uh, what's a theme throughout Mark called the messianic secret where Jesus is hiding who he is. You have Jesus rhythm of rest. Um, and uh, something I'll talk about a little bit in my uh, gospel implication, the, even within the healing of Simon's mother-in-law, you have a hint towards resurrection, that this is like the same word that gets used again and again. Um, and so I just feel like it's just so packed with, like, if you wanted one passage to get a snapshot of who Jesus is, what he's about, where his ministry is going, I mean, this has it just feels like it has everything. Yeah. Neil, what about you? What did you like? I think the last line was just like really cool and sort of like an epic thing that like Jesus said, where he was just like, this is what I came here for, to like cast out demons. <laughs> it's just like, that could, that, could, that could be like a whole anime or something if people wanted to do that. It's just like, yeah, it's like, yeah, let's go to the rest of the villages so I can, you know, like preach there also. And this is why I've come. And you're just preaching and throwing out demons, you know, like that's sounds like a sounds like an album title or something. Um, but I also really like the fact that Jesus just kind of disappeared. Because um, like I, I, I occasionally like in the past, like it's just, it's just a thing that I, I relate to because you know, in the past, like if I'm ever like sad or anything but i'm like i'm living like you know with people like i'll just kind of like disappear you know like i'll just like slip out and like you know people like may not even notice it's like where'd you go it's like ah just you know around you know so just have like all these people like looking for him and he's just like you know chilling just praying you know like recuperating you know taking a little bit of rest and stuff so i think uh, i really like that 
because uh, I also really like what, you know, what Ryan said, where it's like Jesus had a lot to do, but he never seemed like he was in a hurry. And like today is one of those days where it feels like I have a lot to do because I actually have to take an exam today. Um, <laughs> and um, well, technically it's available to me until like noon tomorrow, but there is no way I'm waking up early. And the first thing I'm doing is taking a test. That's not going to happen. So probably after this, I'll be diving into that. But yeah, I just feel like I'm having to you know, catch up on things today. So I feel like I'm, I'm in a rush, but this is actually a quite a nice little break for me. So if there's not a Jesus anime, there should be. It just, that's all that I'm going to probably be stuck on that the rest of the day. And I don't even like anime, but I just feel like that's, that's a great idea. <laughs> it just reminds me of uh, Chris and I were watching uh, Dragon Ball Z while I was in seminary and they'd always be like power level 3000 and I'm like out of what that tells me nothing <laughs> 3000 could be low it could be high um, but whatever it was I mean Jesus would be like power level a billion and one <laughs> just an arbitrary number that they picked out <laughs> <laughs> so um, while likes give us this place uh, where we can connect and we can kind of um, start to be invited into the text. I find it's the challenges that really help to wrestle with and kind of um, name a blessing from the text. Uh, so I'm going to ask Ryan to start. What, what challenged you? Um. It's definitely already been mentioned, but uh, the biggest challenge to me is getting up early in the morning and going to a solitary place and praying. Um, I am, and I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not someone who's, who's like, oh, well, the morning's holier. Um, I think that's a little silly, but uh, whatever time, whatever time is best for somebody is what they should do. However, uh, certainly a time and place are important and, and having intentional time uh, with God, and, and I find most of the time my intentional time with God is spent um, reading and maybe writing and journaling, um, but a lot of times I suck at praying, and certainly at the extended time of praying, and so um, I think that's that's the biggest challenge for me is to, um, is to have those very intentional times where I get away and um, I'm simply praying and listening. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's definitely the biggest challenge by far in the scripture for me. Yeah, I also wonder how Jesus managed to do it. I mean, the whole town was knocking down the door trying to get um, his help his healing um and so I, I just can't help but like imagine him like a celebrity hiding from the pap paparazzi and like big glasses and trying to like hide out to try to find this place where nobody'd be able to find him but um yeah it had to be very intentional um he couldn't just sneak, you know sneak yeah I was gonna out. say that it was like it like kind of wipes away um, our excuses because I know we we as humans love to make excuses about why we can't spend time with God and we're just like oh I'm so busy uh, you know whatever but we watch Netflix for four hours the night before so 
apparently we're not that busy but uh but like like if, if you think about it what you just said like really physically like having to get away while it was still dark while nobody was paying attention stepping over the disciples to get out of the door like kind of going and finding a place where nobody was like the intentionality of that uh you know with no flashlights no cell phone flashlights having to you know light a candle or light a lamp or something like that like there's a lot that goes into him going away in that moment um and and so it kind of cuts through our our excuses for sure so my challenge is um the thing that that jumped up and got me and I feel like it's gonna sound like this like a basic like feminist qualm with the passage but the way it is written about um him healing Simon's mother-in-law and then her getting up and immediately making them dinner like I feel like in a modern plain text reading, nobody looks good. Like it makes it look like Simon's like, I can't make my own sandwich. It makes it look like she's like, you know, getting up and it just, um, it's less because I think this is the intention behind the passage and more because I think that this is how the passage has been used to kind of enforce this is the role that, that you need to be playing in the house and like serving. And yet, the more I looked into it, the more this conversation around resurrection towards service um, becomes a model for everybody, not just women within the Christian life, but that um, Simon's mother is taking up the role of basically a deacon. Like in this moment, she becomes the first deacon, a Christian minister um, by offering up her gifts and service to her community. Um, and it's a marker that Jesus takes on um, as well, which is something that kind of challenges um, those roles and norms in the day. And it, we talk about it later in Mark 10, where Jesus says, I came not to be served, but to serve. It's the same action that's happening there. Um, but it was just that like, reading at surface level and just hearing people saying like here's this passage and and being in those services where people use it to go into long diatribes on how women need to serve their household um, instead of how resurrection leads us to a life of service so that was my challenge yeah i i, I was just gonna jump on that as well because i thought uh like something that I often preach is kind of the idea that like um, Christianity is all about you until you become a Christian and immediately it's not about you. And so like, it's all about you being chased. It's all about you, uh, you know, not that that stops, but it's all about you, you know, getting invited to something, your friends trying to reach out to you, you know, God's chasing after you, all this kind of stuff. He loves you. And, and then, and then the moment that, that, um, you know, that decision or that transformation happens immediately, the, the message to you is to go and serve or to go and do like Jesus and to go into love and to be going after that next person who was just you. And so like, to me, that's, that's the whole point of this is like, as, as soon as she gets healed, she starts doing what Christians are supposed to be doing once we get healed. 
And so like, um, yeah, obviously people that wanna take something else out of that, whatever. But, uh, but I, think, I think it really applies to just Christians in general and that we're, we're called to, you know, immediately it's not about us and we're supposed to go and serve uh, the next person. I'm also going to just lean on the fact that Jesus healed her so well. She didn't need like an afternoon lie down. She was just ready to go. <laughs> so, and there's also some beautiful gratitude in that as well. So, um, Neil, what challenged you? Uh, well, my challenge is a little bit similar to Ryan's in the sense of waking up early. Um, I struggle with having like a regular bedtime and a regular wake up time. I try to have a regular wake up time. But because I'm not going to bed at a regular time, it's just all over the place, you know, and in a way, like, because in the past, it says Jesus wakes up like before dawn. So he's going out, you know, like pitch black. And it doesn't say how far away he went, you know, it just says like a nice secluded spot, like he probably, you know, went out into the woods somewhere. And him just waking up that earth. <laughs> it reminds me of this guy that I follow who is a former Navy SEAL and motivational speaker. And his Instagram is nothing but pictures of his watch of him waking up at like four o'clock in the morning, 4.30 in the morning. And the first thing is just, it's just him working out, getting stuff done. He's like running, sweating, looking like this huge, like hairy, sweaty gorilla doing heavy squats. It is 4 a.m. And it's just like, if I can do it, so can you. It's just... It's just like this dude has been doing stuff for six hours and, and then I'll just be waking up, you know, and so it's that thing because I've, 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 I've been trying to struggle with this, this notion that's like, you know, if I just woke up earlier, I could get so much more done, you know, it's like I could be so much, so much more like productive if I just woke up earlier. Um, so that's one of my challenges. But another one thing that I'm also currently wrestling with in a way not necessarily wrestling with but I'm trying to implement into my life is taking time for rest um and you know I guess if you got to wake up early you know to go get rest and you know it's what you got to do but I try I've I've sort of designated Saturday as my official day off do I still do some work on Saturdays yes but generally I try to spend my Saturdays at like Southern Grounds or Bold Bean just reading a book for a few hours. And that's sort of like my recharge time to just hang out and sort of recuperate and be like, all right, ready to go back out and tackle the work again. Um, so yeah, I think waking up early, but also resting at the same time are my challenges. Thanks, Neil. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's even interesting thinking about it because he doesn't have like I'm guessing not an alarm clock I'm not quite sure <laughs> how this is the rhythm of his life but until I had littles um if I had just been you know no alarm clock get up whenever you want to it would be very very late so now I get a couple eyeballs staring at me about 6 30 every morning so <laughs> Um, but I do wonder, there is something about the morning time. I know, Ryan, you've resisted saying, you know, one time is necessarily holier than another. Um, and I'm not saying that I, that I disagree with that because I do think making the time at all is better than not making the time, but it does seem like there's something about like setting the, the intention or the, the mode for the day versus, um, 
letting a day get away from you and, and checking in at the end. Um, I don't know. I just think it's an interesting thought. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> but, uh, but Neil, you could, you could start on, on your Instagram or whatever social platform you have taking a picture of your watch at 2 a.m. still being awake and saying, look at all the things I'm getting done while y'all are asleep. <laughs> There's actually, there's actually a song about that. It's called Probably Up. And the whole point of the song is like, people judge me for being up late at night, but it's like, I wrote this song while they were sleeping and now I'm done working for the day. <laughs> like... Well, and I, um, I don't know if this is the same with you, Ryan, but I feel like having kids, I end up staying up later because that's my alone time. <laughs> I wait for everybody else to go to sleep and then I have this this time to myself. So, um, yeah, it's absolutely thing, but, um, Renard, what was your challenge? I guess I would say that my challenge is, is going to, I guess I would say go along with everybody else's is just, um, just taking the time, you know, taking the time for me. And one of the things that stood out to me and, um, like, um, and I'm going to keep referencing, um, referencing to this evolved gathering because it's, it's it fits so well the theme of the evolved gathering fits so well with um with this passage in my opinion just taking the time um taking the time to um to make the bed <laughs> that that sense of um of how can i put this the sense of um everything being um, nice and neat and having you know starting off your day um, with a nice, um, a nice clean, um, a nice neat bed and something else. And just taking another thing that stuck out, stuck out to me is like, just taking, um, making time for me. Um, I'm, I'm an Enneagram, um, too, for those of you who are big, big on Enneagram types or just know anything about. And one of the things I struggle with is taking time for me and wanting to help everybody else. And um, <laughs> um, this passage, like, really, like, um, stuck, um, stood out to me. Um, and other passages um, that where Jesus just um, takes the time um, for himself. I always think of um, Jesus feeding the 5,000. And, um, yeah, that's about it. I think what I'm, um, what I, my biggest challenge is um, just making sure that, um, um, making sure that I have time, you know, have time for myself. Yeah, there's a, um, there's a phrase I feel like I go to a lot, um, where it's like, you can't pour from an empty cup, meaning that we do need to take a time to refill to make sure that we are um connecting and what i often hear from people who minister is that you know their ministry is very fulfilling and rewarding for them and then we see you know for the savior of the world that he still needed some some time um to recharge and connect with god on his own that that vicarious ministry and seeing God transform the lives around him isn't the same work 
as doing our own work. Um, so I think um, that those kinds of wrestle, for me, the wrestling, the challenges are where we kind of get to this place of, if this is what I'm wrestling with, then what is it that I'm meant to take away, which is where those gospel implications land for me. And for me, I really focused on this idea of what it means to be lifted up, to be um, made alive, basically, in like a literal form of this word um, for service. And I think what we see, um, and this is a tension we've been talking about. When we talk about the series of uh, beloved, we talk a lot about what it means to be God's beloved, that we're made in the image of God, that there's nothing that we have to do to become the beloved because we are God's beloved. Um, and yet there's this like other side to that where being the beloved ends up showing itself in fruit. And this feels like a passage that reminds us that service is going to be a marker of ministry, that if, if we read passages um, and verses like, they'll know we're Christians by our love, um, and that, you know, even Jesus humbled himself in the form of a servant, um, that there's something that we need to do, that our work isn't done, um, that we can't just, uh, you know, tap out or say like, oh, we're not good enough for that, but that anyone who's gone through that transformation has been transformed to serve in some way um, in their own sphere of influence. So that was my gospel implication. Uh, Neil, what about you? What was yours? So I guess my gospel implication uh, comes along like with my challenges in a way. Um, to take rest for yourself. You know, it's like there's the memes I see everywhere where it's like, Jesus took naps, you should too, <laughs> you know? So uh, I think it's important. Cause like, there are, there are like a ton of studies that show like naps are good for you, but I am just not a person that takes naps. I don't know why, maybe it's because like, sometimes like I wake up late or I oversleep. Um, but yeah, I'm just not, I'm just not a nap person and I probably should be, but um you know, working on like resting, you know, both, so I suppose mentally and physically uh, is one of my implications and, you know, maybe not stressing as much, you know, going back to like what Ryan said, it's like Jesus had a lot to do, but he never seemed like he was in a rush. You know, it's like probably about like, you know, 30 minutes ago, like I was just like super stressed because I'm like, I have this deep gospel recording and I got to eat and I got to wait for this food to finish cooking and I got to test. And like, let me tell you, not having a functioning printer really like kind of bites me in the butt whenever I need something printed though, you know, the four times a semester I need something printed. It's like, cause you know, for the exam, thank God, you know, this lady is awfully kind and allows us to have a study or a cheat sheet. She allows four pages front and back for a cheat sheet. Like, that's insane. You could fit like a whole book in there. 
here I am with just my one measly page thinking, oh, this will be enough. You know, it's like, I remember looking back on one of my classes, my professor allowed us a five by eight card, which is like huge. I was like, man, this is awful generous, but this lady is, you know, putting him to shame. Um, but anyway, I, I digress enough. So yeah, implications, rest for yourself, but also try not to worry so much and take things as they come, I suppose are mine. Thanks, Neil. Um, going back to my list, Bernard, what did you, what was your gospel implication? I'm gonna piggyback right off of what Neil said, just taking the, um, just taking the time for, um, taking the time for yourself. Um, what was I trying to say? Um, a former, the former district superintendent um, had said this in a recording for CCW. Um, I think it was, you can't give what you don't have. And you can't be all these things for all these people if you got stuff going on, you know, if you got stuff going on. So my gospel implication is to, is to take care, um, taking care of myself. And that for, that for me would be um, letting, um, letting somebody else do the dishes or letting somebody else um, um, clean the floors or let somebody else do things for me because um, my rest, um, my, my, my health is just as, you know, just as important as me wanting to make sure that my other roommates um, rest and health are, okay, are good too. Feels particularly spicy since Neil is one of your roommates. <laughs> if y'all are both both working on rest, then does that mean Sarah's gonna have to pick up the slack? Well, it's it's, it's funny because Sarah, I think um, I'll probably pick up the slack. It, it's it's funny because I'm always the one that like wants to pick up, and Sarah will be like, Renard. It's two o'clock in the morning. Go to bed. <laughs> and I'm like, but Sarah, there's all these dishes. She's like, Renard, go to bed. <laughs> For those of, you, those of you who don't know, um, I live in CCW housing and CCW housing is wonderful. Um, I have such wonderful roommates and I'm pretty sure the other people that live in, um, in the other house, um, they have their, I'm just going to say CCW housing is wonderful. <laughs> You know, in some ways, Renard does have to pick up the slack because Saturday, I think, is both my off day and Sarah's off day. So, well, we know today is Renard's off day. So, uh, well, that's really great. Ryan, what about you? What was your gospel implication? Um, <clears throat> mostly, I already said it. So, I'll just refer back to it, but just the idea of, you know, once you embrace the gospel immediately, not, not because you know a bunch of stuff or because you have it all together, but just because you've now become a kind of a part of the gospel that you're immediately tasked with spreading that to other people and serving once you're healed as uh, Peter's mom did. Um, but I'd say the other thing would be, um, would be the the whole idea that Jesus Jesus um, pursued the relationship 
Um, and sometimes we can have this idea of like, when we hear the word gospel, we think, oh, gospel presentation or something like that. And so it's like, oh, the gospel is like when you give your life to Christ or whatever. But, um, but you know, part of the gospel is that it's a relationship with Jesus um, or with God, a, a relationship where you're going back and forth. And Jesus shows us um, that even though he is God, that um, having a relationship with his father um, was still something he needed to do daily. And that's part of the gospel. And so I would say um, probably on a more challenging note to me is, uh, is again, making sure the time in prayer and conversation um, is, uh, is prioritized because that's, that's part of the gospel um, and continuing gospel in our lives. Well, we did it, friends. We uh, talked through these 10 verses, um, or 11, I guess, because anyway, uh, we talked through these verses. It was a wonderful conversation. Um, there's so much more in here, too. Um, I know last week we talked a little bit about demon possession in that passage. So there's that happening and other things. So I'm looking forward to seeing what other people got out of this passage as well. Hopefully you'll add your um, thoughts in the comments or um, in any small group you're a part of. Um, and I'm just gonna ask Renard to close us out in a word of prayer. Let's see if I can do this. Uh... No, I'm gonna do it this way. Dear God, um, we thank you so much for your word. Um, we thank you for this um, wonderful group of people who just share different insights on um, what um, what um, your word means to them and um, their advice of um, what it um, what it means and each of us just sharing um, advice on um, what we liked, um, what challenged us and what we can do, what it, um, what this um, scripture can do to make us um, not only make us better people, but um, our communities and the people we love, and um, how we can be, how we can better serve you, God. Um, thank you for um, the words that were shared today, and uh, um, may us may we um, go throughout our week um, taking the rest. Um, taking the time to rest and um, take time for ourselves, even though, um, God, we live in a busy world where there is so much distractions. There is hate, there is racism, there is sexism, there is so much um, so much going on, God. And we just um, want to, um, we just want to praise you and we want, um, we want you to um, be with us every step of the way. Um, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, friends. And I wish you blessings as you go through the rest of your days and that you might find um, a space for a nap. So until next time. Bye, friends. Thank you for listening to this episode of Deep Gospel. Deep Gospel is a weekly conversation and ministry of Campus to City Wesley, a multi-site campus ministry serving college-age young adults in Northeast Florida. To find out more about worship gatherings and other ways to connect to our community, check out campustocity.org. You can also support us by becoming a Patreon supporter. Until next time, blessings. <laughs>